spaceship Earth glows with billions of interactions, carrying news and information at the very speed of light. Welcome to a voyage of discovery and awareness of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of living with the land. Some new friends have joined us. Can they imagine to? Of course! Hey, thanks for being such a great test crew. Come back and ride anytime. Bye now. W. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 446, and I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday, special events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I invite you to please join me this week as we let our imaginations run wild in our list of top 10 wishes we want to come true in Walt Disney World. And these are beyond simple additions to the parks as we explore our greatest blue sky ideas and wishes for what we would bring or bring back to Walt Disney World. And of course, I'm going to want to hear from you as you'll have a chance to share wishes of your own. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World and on the road. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Of enchantment. Uh, the finest merchandise this side of the River John on sale today. Come on down. Walt Disney World is a place where dreams come true. And that is not just a marketing campaign from a few years ago, but I think really a belief that we all have in our hearts and in that little child that still lives inside all of us. I think it's it's why we go, and more importantly, it's why we go back. But what if, what if your dreams and your wishes really could come true? And if we were the music makers and we were the dreamers of the dreams? Well, this week, you can be. Because what if everything you wished for in and at Walt Disney World could come true? What if your ideas could become reality? Well, this week, they can. Because we're going to use a little spark of imagination and find out as we explore our top 10 wishes, we wish that they could, wishes that could become granted. I don't know how to articulate it. Top 10 wishes we wish could be granted in Walt Disney World. And one of my personal wishes has already come true. 
as little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine is back again this week for our top 10 list. Timmy Foster, welcome back, my friend. And, uh, now, and now that's my favorite introduction. That's your you favorite call, one. You didn't call me a silly name or anything. I, well, if you think Little Timmy Foster is not meant to be silly. I, <laughs> I introduce myself as Little Timmy Foster. But listen, we have— But it gets at, better. It does get—but wait, there's more. Because a man who literally— Literally, not figuratively. This is not, this is not, he's literally made wishes come true is Daniel Roberts. And if you know that name, it's because he's been on the show before for some top 10 lists. And thanks once again to his incredible generosity during a recent auction for our dream team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America, Daniel is back joining us again. Daniel, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lou and Tim. Yay, I'm so happy. Well, that came through. <laughs> Thank yes, you, uh, Tim, Lou, and uh, I apologize, Tim, for sometimes the way that Lou treats you. Thank and, you. Uh, I know. This it's, is a, like, I, it's like Captain America Civil War, Dan. You're choosing sides already. You choose Tim uh, well, Team Foster over man. Team Mangello. I'm, I'm calling it right now. But I love I love you guys. I love the top tens, and I'm starstruck to be sort of it's like at a museum when you um, fall asleep inside the exhibit. I'm with <laughs> He is calling you an old fossil. I he, knew well, it. Listen, I that's knew fine. It. Listen, just uh, just join Team Underoos, and then it'll be fine. But but you know what? Listen, huh. in, in all seriousness, man, I, I am I'm thrilled to have you back on. I, I love the fact that you win this auction every year because one, you're incredibly generous, and two, I, I love having you on. Right, I know you're going to be a, a killer guest. So I have to start off with you first, though, because I, I want to give you the credit that you deserve, and I want you to share your story a little bit. So wh- why do you do it, right? Like, why do you bid on, and, and you, you, it's not much of a contest. <laughs> you win the auction far and away. Like, why do you do it? I mean, you, you've won a few times before. Is it to be on the show? Like, why is it so important to you? It's important to me for, uh, I would say, three reasons. The most important reason is because I want to defend Tim Foster against you. <laughs> oh, thank you again. Second, thank you. The second most important reason, I think that it's such a lovely, wonderful, awesome um, cause. And I think that I, I can, to some extent, but not to the greatest extent, imagine... Um, what this would mean to someone who uh, was facing significant challenges to go to Disney World um, because I believe that if you're at Disney World, regardless of your age and regardless of the challenges before you, that there's a lot of stuff um, there's a lot of stuff that can feel positive and there's a lot of reasons to believe in the future and i think it's a wonderful thing well thank you and i i appreciate your generosity brother it it does mean a lot and it really does go a very long way you know everything that you contribute goes right to the make-a-wish foundation of america and uh it does really help make some real wishes you know come true so so thank you man i love it and also the third thing i'm sorry to interrupt is that i like to help the ratings on the show (laughs) 
Well, and you have actually helped. There's even a fourth way because you actually, you didn't just bring the, the dulcet tones of Daniel Roberts this week. You actually brought this week's idea. Right, and you've been doing this so long. You're like, all right, Mangello and Foster, you you know, your top tens are fine, but this is. So I want you to explain, really, what your idea is when we're talking about our top ten wishes that we wish we could have fulfilled. However, this is going to sound. What actually is the idea? What are we really talking about? Wait, hold well, on. Before, I, before, you, before you state it, can I put in my proviso that I know you're going to describe 180 degrees from what I thought you meant and my list is going to be totally correct. <laughs> so go ahead. Lay it on. That's great. All right. Well, actually, I remember <laughs> one of the top tens we did was stop and smell the roses and Tim took it literally like, oh, is it horticulture? Like, <laughs> is it the top 10 flower arrangements in Disney World? But that was well, well okay. Um, <laughs> this one, though, is more like if you could, you know, like when you go home from Disney World and you're sad and you say to your kid, like, what would you wish was like, what do you wish were there? Like, what do you what what do you want to be there? And you think like, oh, I want um, a pizzeria in Spaceship Earth, or I want um, for Haunted Mansion to become a submarine that goes into 20,000 leagues. This is sort of like this, like that. It's more like a pie in the sky, rub the genie's belly and get whatever you want, defy physics, anything you want for the future or the present of Walt Disney World. Well, so for the record, I'm out because that was my list. <laughs> oh, no. I love this idea, by the way. I, I do, too. I love I, this idea. I do, too. And before, and I want to dive right, and I love this, too, because I think that there's probably not going to be a lot of overlap, right? Because we're talking about things that, you know, like you said, you know, sort of pie in the sky, blue sky ideas. And I think the only proviso um and to, to uh, here give, we go well i want to you know what <laughs> let me quote uh, a notable statesman um his name is leo he was from the scorpions gang in greece just before they took the race for pinks on thunder road he said the rules are there ain't no rules uh, okay. right that's beautiful thank never you never saw the movie but that's great <laughs> wait a second you never saw greece uh, no <laughs> You know what? To, I, for a second, I was almost, I was in Greece, not the movie, but the, the high school musical, not the high school musical, but my high school's musical production of Greece in Metuchen, New Jersey. Not that that tape will ever see the light of day, but we're going to have we're going to have well, now. well, you and I are going to sit down one night and uh, uh, okay. and, and we're going to watch Greece. So but, but listen, <laughs> we are going to let Daniel go first. Because, look, they don't call him Cha-Cha because he's the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. We, we're letting him go. Right. <laughs> it was his idea. It was his auction. So, Daniel, you go first. All right. Thank you guys so much. My first idea, and, and this is a really mega go with me. And I, uh, all of them are going to be. I think they're all go with me here, right? I mean, isn't that really yeah, what this is? This is not. All right. I'm going to. This is it. <laughs> oh, deep breath. Deep breath. Okay. If you steal mine, I'm going to scream. I okay, okay. This is this is my this is my number one. It's called classic Disney. It is 
another Magic Kingdom, but it stopped in time. In 1980 or 1981, pre-Epcot, it has 20,000 Leagues. It has Mr. Toad. It has Pirates without Jack Sparrow. It is a anachronistic park that exists as just another park in the kingdom. And everything is 1981, 1982. There is also um, the prices are the same as they would be in 1982. <laughs> so you're de- this is definitely in fantasy land. <laughs> I, well, come on, this is pie in the sky. I understand, but mm-hmm. but as Lou knows, and he uh, he wonderfully uh, broadcasts that there is a hunger for nostalgia from Little Red Bird and the. Um, like t-shirt the t-shirts that are branded 1971 for i believe that's the birth date of walt disney world that this would be a park that would be entirely anachronistic and you could find all the things you found before now would it make money no (laughs) would it be popular yes it would be a simulacrum of a what? Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I gotta look that <laughs> The SATs just called. They want their word back. <laughs> a simul wow. Yeah, so guys, I'm sorry to, that I used simulacrum. Um it's a word from Latin meaning I'm pretentious. And the one thing I want to say now about the classic Disney world is that it would be everyone would be in costume, um from 1981, and in the Hall of Presidents, the last president would be, I believe, Carter and Reagan would be being made, and it would be a wonderful place where you could go and experience what you really knew all along, and for millennials, they could see what it was like to be at Disney World before Epcot was even built interesting and and i'm not so sure you said it wouldn't make any money i'm not so sure look i think the the sense of nostalgia is greater than you probably give it credit for oh no i think it would be popular but i don't know how part of my idea would be like that churros would cost 40 cents or something oh (laughs) (laughs) well yeah but i i other i mean look i would love for that type of place to exist so you're ba- so in a nutshell, it would be resurrecting the extinct attractions exactly as they were when they went extinct, circa 1981. So the technology would be the same, the price would be the same, the snacks around the the surrounding areas would be the same. You wouldn't bring back, for example, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and give it a 2016 update. It would be the original Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Absolutely, and and. I apologize to anyone I offend, but I would never have Captain Jack Sparrow on Pirates, ever. I'm offended. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. I, but I, I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have. I would keep everything, even Stephen, the way I loved it, the way I remember it. And I think that so much about going to Disney World is. Um, is creating memories, but so much about it is that you're chasing old memories. 
And this sort of Disney classic park, pie in the sky, would be a place where you could really, really come face to face with what you knew or what you wanted to know. So, yeah, so back, so you would go back in time and you'd ride the Skyway circa 1980. Yeah. I dig it, man. I do. I look, we, uh, you know, I, I'm very much, uh, I, I love the classic attractions. I have a, a huge sense of nostalgia and oh, how I miss me a good handwich. So uh, I'm in. I, I'm in what? for the classic part. What? A who? A handwich? It's sort of a retro cozy cone. Oh, okay. There you go. Put it in. I got to explain it to you in, in terms Tim can understand. So thank you. All right. Well, Thanks. speaking of Mr. Timmy Foster, um, I'm going to go. We're all going to go with you here, Tim, to wherever okay. you are going to take us. Oh, well, all right. first of all, I love that one. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost prepared to say drop the mic and let's all walk off the stage. <laughs> I love that first one so much. That was amazing. Thank you. I, I would even, you know, this isn't I'm going to cheat Shut right up. out of the gate. And I'm not even going to be ashamed of it. I would cheat. I'm on yours. The only thing I would want to add, like there would be this magic dial as you walked in the park, and you could pick the year you wanted. Oh. Because, oh. <laughs> exactly, as you're saying that, like our magic time for our family is circa 94, 95, right in that area. You know, with, with Epcot first opened and original imagination, all that stuff. So, so, yeah, so I would turn the dial there. But if you could turn it anywhere, I love that idea. I dig it. Now, for my real idea, uh, can, I, can I cheat and put two into one here right out of the gate? <laughs> Why not? All right. So my, my, my thing, I would love to see, I would love to have seen, I want to see Epcot, the real Epcot. I want to see Walt Disney's Epcot. I want to see the city of the future that he imagined. I want to live there. I want to work there. I want to play there. That's what I want to see. Because I imagine, I, I think if anyone could have pulled it off, Walt Disney could have pulled it off. Could he have pulled it off? I don't know. But if anyone could have, he would. And I, couldn't, I can't imagine what it would be like to be there and experience all that he had in his head. Um, but if I were to ratchet it down a little bit, because that's very pie in the sky, I will say, I know this is unrealistic too, I know. This is all, this whole list is unrealistic. But the transportation system that would have been in the city, Epcot, I would like to see throughout Walt Disney World. I want the monorail system to go to every park, to all the Epcot resorts. And within the parks, I want a TTA going around the entire park. I want to hop on the TTA, an American adventure, and leisurely ride my way up to Spaceship Earth so I don't have to walk all that way because it's too hot. But imagine if that whole transportation system and vision for Epcot were alive and well throughout all of Walt Disney World. How cool would that be? Moving sidewalks on Main Street. Well, okay, maybe so, not that. So maybe wanna, not that part. But, I, I want to drill down a little bit deeper, and, and I want to know, are you sort of thinking the, you know, are, are you thinking master plan for Epcot? And what I mean by that is, are you talking about Epcot, the residential district with that 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 hub and spokes are circular yes. ring type the of whole, way the industrial the park the entrance complex the the regional airport i mean you really sort of do you want walt's vision to come off paper and into real life or are you sort of thinking pull out the best elements of epcot the city but not actually fully execute on the vision well that's the delicate art of cheating there lou <laughs> so I would like to see both. Clearly, no, something I, I know little about. So I, uh, 
no, I the, the vision I would the the vision that Walt Disney had the drawing we all see. Um, I I just would in wonderment would wonder what that could have been and if he could have pulled it off. So I, I want the whole thing. So I want that whole model on the TTA. That's what I was going to ask you. The TTA life. model the is what you right. think. I want the Ferris wheel. I want the little trees and I want the whole thing. So would and you then, like to see it? And my, my ratcheting it down a notch was to, all right, well, at least give me the monorail and TTA transportation system all the way through the, the, the whole resort, not just Magic Kingdom. So do you like sort of the, the, uh, the, the central city and the, the residential housing areas and sort of, um, you know, those, those suburbs that are going to be in those, um, you know, those, those concentric rings circling well, the main hub? Well, sure. But I guess it's the idea, like, if, if, there is, if there is an ideal utopian city, and if it could be built, and that's what Walt Disney had in his head, he would be the one to do it. And I, I wish he had the chance to make that dream come true. And again, could he have? I don't know. We, no, none of us know. It's a daunting challenge, but... Seeing what he did accomplish and what he could have accomplished, you can only dream. Yes, and I would love to see the whole thing, see what it would have been. Yeah, I mean, look, we've said on the show yeah. numerous times, you know, what what if Walt had lived 10 more years? How yeah. different would things be? <laughs> would, would we really have that urban center with the hotel and the convention centers and, and the different sort of uh, not just residential areas, but the transportation systems? Um you know, would it be a working city that we as as visitors could almost be guests in and see these new mm-hmm. technologies really being executed in in a in a real world environment? I think you're right. If anybody could do it, Walt could have. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of people yelling in in victorious joy that they love this idea because I think we all would like to have seen what um, what unfortunately never came out of Walt's head and, and into reality. Yeah. We can only dream, but that's why we're here. So, all right. So we have. So it's interesting that for both of you, your visions of the future went back to the past. Interesting. Oh, look interesting. what you did there, Lou. Uh huh. See, uh, for me, <clears throat> going forward, that's his way of telling us we did it wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love it. No, I just think it's, right. it's it's an interesting commentary that that's where you went, and, it, and I think it speaks volumes about how we, as as Disney enthusiasts in 2016, you know, so much of what we love about the present is based on things that we remember in the past and and some of those unrealized dreams. For me, my mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. What movie? Uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, jeez, Louise. Anyway, um, I am... in black. Apocalypse Now? (laughs) I, uh... (laughs) What um, do you expect when you ask? It's by Hedley Lamar. Whatever. Anyway, uh, my vision of the future is very much grounded in the present and, and things that are happening now, which very much for me touch on my childhood because in the past decade or so as Disney has acquired properties that I grew up loving, whether it be Muppets or Star Wars or Marvel, it really has sort of brought together into under a single umbrella things that 
meant a lot to me as a kid and things they still love as an adult. So I would like to see this Marvel Universe come to life at Walt Disney World. And what I mean by that, and again, this is pie in the sky. We're taking all the legal, contractual, licensing kind of things out of play. Money and technology are relatively no object. But I want this Marvel Cinematic Universe to come to life. Build me an Avengers Tower Hotel. Give me the Stark Industries Labs, similar to what they're they're building out in Hong Kong with sort of the uh, the Iron Man experience and the the attraction there. I really want to see sort of an interactive lab, a Tony Stark lab, which might, to a certain degree, bring in some of those ideas of Walt, sort of technology of the future, some real, some imaginary. I want to be able to step foot virtually to a certain degree onto a helicarrier and be an agent of shield. I want to visit the daily bugle and J Jonah Jameson. Let us go to Xandar. That's from guardians in the galaxy. Where, uh, who, what, <laughs> whatever. Is um, that a star Wars? <laughs> you're hurting my face. Um, <laughs> let me, you know, have a, a, a virtual battle on the Milano with, you know, uh, guardians of the galaxy characters. Um, Let's go to Wakanda, right? Let's get a little Black Panther in there. Bring in some Wakanda. Actually, you can bring in... Wait, let's expand that. You can almost have a New York-themed area based on a lot of the characters and franchises, right? The Avengers Tower Hotel is there. You've got the Daily Bugle there. Daredevil. Jessica Jones. Like, you can do some real... I want to be immersed in... In the Marvel Universe, I want to don the Iron Man suit like you can do on the Disney Magic now. I want to not just be a passive observer of the movies that I love so much, but I want to, like we do in Fantasyland, right? How those stories have come to life in three dimensions and we are active participants. I want to do those same things. I want to bring these multiple phases of the Marvel Universe and the TV series to life inside the Walt Disney World theme parks. Wow. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more? Wait, there's more here. This will maybe right. make people, and this is, and I'm somewhat, maybe, I'm, am I joking? I don't know. This will make people hopefully <laughs> either <laughs> laugh or cry or send me hate mail. Maybe instead of a Frozen-themed attraction in Norway, you make Maelstrom Asgard instead. And you've got the Rainbow Bridge and Thor and Loki. That works. You don't know who any of those characters are, do you, Tim Foster? I do. I do. I actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do. I really do. So that, that's all uh, I got. In a nutshell, it's Marvel World. All right. And I see through entirely what you're doing there. You you puffed it up all you wanted to. You just want to ride It's a Small World with Scarlett Johansson. That's all you want to do. <laughs> Dude, just let me say something. Get to the bottom line. And- I played as a little kid. This is going to be such an embarrassing story. But as a little kid, when we didn't have uh, you know DVD players and the interwebs and friends, or I used to play Spider-Man in my house, and I used to dress like Spider-Man. I and I actually still have. My mom found it in stores. I had these little red mittens that I used to run around and pretend, and I had like rope and string and stuff that I was Spider-Man in my house. Please, like 
let that come to life. I am, look, I am already incredibly grateful and in love in a very non-creepy way with Kevin Feige for what he is doing, bringing Spider-Man to life on screen. But if I could experience Spider-Man and the Daily Bugle and all those things that I grew up with in real life, man, that would make seven-year-old Lou Mangiello a very happy little boy. Now, about about this seven-year-old Lou Mangiello thing, are there, um, you know, photos, videos? <laughs> Give me something to use. Unlike the grease You tape. might not want to do it. <laughs> there are no photos, but uh, uh, but I do. I still have my little well, Spider-Man mittens. There is Photoshop, so <laughs> I got some I got some inspiration this weekend. That's a cover story. That's so cool. there you go. That's, that's um, fantastic. Bring the Marvel Universe to, to life. You don't want Spider-Man climbing up Cinderella's castle, do you? No, 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 no. It should oh, not. It should be different. Correct. Unlike what oh. Stitch did back in 2009, you, you don't touch. Ooh. You don't touch Cinderella Castle. This would need to exist in its own. I mean, you could look as long as it's pie in the sky. Let sure. it exist in its own park. Let us walk okay. through that portal and instantly be part of all of the characters and the rich stories. I mean, Marvel has 5,000 plus characters in its history that they could bring to... I'm looking now with the future coming with Iron Fist and Luke Cage and the Defenders and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain Marvel. What are you talking and the about? Human, the Inhumans, Ant-Man, Wasp. Oh. So. Can we get shawarma there? Yes! <gasps> and I just... Oh, you just redeemed just yourself. You yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd like that. I'm excited. Sorry. <laughs> are you okay now? Clearly, this is a passion project for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. That would be great. That would be, be awesome. I'm sorry. I, uh, Daniel, back to you, and, I, and I'll, oh, I'll calm myself down over here. That would be, a Marvel land would be great. And I, I, you know, it's pie in the sky, but I think maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. My next one, Wait, pie in the sky, is it's hotel-oriented. <gasps> Stop ah! it, man. Um, oh. <laughs> I think you just <laughs> stole one of mine. But no, go ahead. I think this. No, I thought right. this was going to be the one on where this. where the overlap okay. was going to happen. I'm sorry, guys, in advance, but this one actually I had to give credit to my friend Carolyn Adams, who suggested that there should be a couple of more hotels, and one of the hotels, and I think it's a great idea, is to have a real. Tower Hotel mm. at MGM, and it would look like the Tower Hotel. Mm-hmm. It would be decrepit on the exterior, like the Tower Hotel, but inside it would be an elegant, beautiful 1930s, 1940s Art Deco Hotel. Now. There would be character actors occasionally in the lobby. It would be a luxury hotel, but the rooms would be beautiful. It would be like you were F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald. There would the elevators would work very, very well. I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes, there would be no stops and starts. There would be no terror, but it would be a lovely um, California-style hotel um, with a great restaurant. And it would be situated somewhere close to the Tower of Terror, but where if you were at the pool in the morning, you wouldn't hear people screaming. 
which is <laughs> well, a caveat. Well. So that's one idea, um, but it would be sort of um, the lobby would be a little, it would be clean, but look a little decrepit. So when you checked in and you're paying the luxury rates, you'd be like, um, but then when you got it to your room, it would be wonderful, be beautiful, and, and would have sort of um, – like a flappers bar and it would be totally out of the thirties and forties um, of that era. And it would sort of reflect what is great, but not creepy about Tower of Terror. And it would be the only hotel in um, that park. And I think as Lou mentions often, he's an advocate for the park of being a place that maybe deserves more attention. This could do it. And my second hotel idea is that every single um, place in in in, um, in Epcot's show, World Showcase that there would be like a five room boutique hotel that would mm. be totally totally decked out like Morocco, like a beautiful Moroccan hotel or a beautiful Parisian hotel or a beautiful um, hotel in, in London, England, etc. And it would be, everything about it would be authentic. Um, and you would have room service through the restaurant, and you would have a beautiful view of uh, Bay Lake. And it would be a place for someone, if you were really interested in that culture, or um, came from that place, that you could stay there. So those are my two hotel ideas. I love so I like that a lot, and I want to just quickly – I'm not stealing this at all, but I will I, – I do have something hotel-related. Hey, it's my turn. I know, but I'm commenting. We're uh, discuss- – this is, this is called discussion. Look, it's an SAT word too. Whatever. The Tower of Terror at one point, Daniel Roberts, was considered to be an actual real working hotel back when um, Imagineers Steve Kirk – and actually, if you go back to show 30, like – eons ago, a little like 10 years ago on the show, I interviewed uh, Imagineer Steve Kirk, and I think we talked about this. The idea was that it really was going to be a an attraction and real hotel that was going to keep the the sort of the, uh, you know, the, the theme that it has now, but without the, the Twilight Zone overlay, and the experience was really going to begin not when you got to the park and, and checked in. But your experience was going to begin when you arrived at the Orlando International Airport. You, If you were staying at the hotel, they would have picked you up in an old late 30s like, uh, like station wagon, like, like an old woody car. And you, the curtains in the car would be drawn so you couldn't actually see where you were coming from and where you were going. The second you were picked up, you were immersed in that story. And the next time you got out of the car is when you would be in this very haunted hotel in the late 30s. It was a very, very immersive type story. And then obviously they went different ways with, with Mel Brooks and stuff like that and eventually Tower of Terror. But that was one of the early ideas that was floated around. And number two, I dig, forget logistics, I dig the small five to 10 room boutique hotel idea. Awesome. That's so, I never knew that. That is so cool. What you just told me about the uh, the first iteration of um, the Tower Hotel. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, that's, that's, what, um, 
to discuss. <laughs> One of mine. I'm going to take it off my list, but just just the notion of having uh, resorts at each park that you could walk to, like like Epcot, that would be. I I add on to what you're saying. I applaud it. And by the way, why don't they move the Animal Kingdom launch a little closer? So I can walk. <laughs> all right, that's all. All right, so my next one. Wait, all is right, it I, I, Lou is next, isn't he? No, no. Tim. No, Tim no. is my guest. Always. No, next. no, no. I don't know. Am I next? You're next. Okay. I uh, I am admittedly I'm gonna really ratchet down the lofty dream on this on this one because I think this is plausible and I think they could do this and I think you Lou and everybody would be saddened if I hadn't brought this up. I need chicken exits. <laughs> on no. it's a small world. Stop I need. It. Chicken Just exit on Winnie the Pooh. I need no. What, what I really, what I really think, because you, you, this is a perfect segue. Because on the Tower of Terror, no kidding. I do think. I wish they had. I'm not going to call it a chicken exit, but call it the Mission Space Green version of the Tower of Terror, it's where. I'm thinking you go through the whole experience here in the elevator. If they can program that thing to go 15 times up and down at 172 miles an hour, they can program it to go really slow. So I think they should provide, could, and why not, and, uh, at times where you can go on and experience the attraction in a non-stomach-churning uh, way. And I say this because I... You, you know, I'm I'm afraid of the Tower of Terror. I can't handle that stuff. But it is a spectacular attraction filled with amazing effects that I can't see because I can't handle the last part. And if it were to be opened up, like they did with Mission Space, so that everyone could enjoy it on a not-so-frightful level, you could experience all the special effects inside that are incredible and, and not worry about it. I, and I think they can do that. Why can't they do that? They should do that. And likewise, I think they should have Splash Mountain once in a while. You can go, I want the – this is the uh, no splash ticket, please. Yes, get, get in this line. And I know I'm not going to get wet because I know, Lou, you and your friends don't like to get wet on Splash Mountain because you yelled at me once. But So, Tim, so, you know – in That's in the, plausible. In the, in the decade that. or so – that I've known you, and I think we're probably coming up on our, on our ten year friend anniversary coming soon. Oh, I feel. Like I've Kate. heard a lot of stupid things come out of your mouth. That wow. is not. That is not the stupidest thing. No, it is not the stupid. When you were first going down this road, I said, "Oy vey, what do we? What have we done here?" <laughs> to have a a light version of that and yeah. some other attractions is right. not a bad idea. And you're right; they could. Obviously, you're taking. It's no longer Tower of Terror. It's Tower of nice view of the park but i think you're right but because still in the twilight zone correct and i think that and you lose uh, unfortunately for people that don't like the idea of the up and down elevator they lose out on some of the wonderful effects and storytelling that takes place in the first three quarters of the attraction so if there was a way that they could bypass the randomized high-speed elevator you're right they would still be able to participate so i like that yeah. Actually, guys, it begs the question because I think that Tim is right, but there's a great build-up, right? There's a great story in Tower of Terror, but then the resolution of the story is that 
the elevator doesn't work because it's haunted or messed up from um, things from the past, and then you get, then you go home safely. Like, what would be this the arc of the story? You know what I mean? Like, no, no, oh, it's oh, it's really fun. No, well, I was, I, I'm thinking minimal. Like, you you go up and down, but at a not horrific pace or at least it just goes up once and you know it uh, or, right up, or, up and down you know maybe you go up fast but you go down kind of slow just like mission well and no i don't think it would change the arc of the story it's just not as the story scary is, in the end but you know the, but visual effects are so good you're right and it shouldn't be limited to people who like thrill rides you're right and i i would say i would guess visually and special effects wise they could make you uh, how do I say this? When you're in the elevator, uh, get the notion that you're moving fast or it's falling or whatever without act- having the stomach churning motion to go along with it. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. like where no, I like it. I, I think it's, and I think there's a lot of people listening who are nodding their heads in agreement saying, Tim, I don't normally agree with you, but I think you've got something here, man. Yeah, I, nobody ever agrees with me, so I'm glad. Oh. <laughs> oh, Daniel's coming I to your rescue. I still want to chicken exit on this. Hold <laughs> on, oh, I had to get some Kleenex. Hold on one second. So this is really interesting. And again, we don't discuss or, or plan this ahead of time. But the next thing that was on my list, and which was almost the first thing on my list, is to a certain degree a combination of each of the two of yours. Right? Because, Daniel, you talked about um, a, another type of resort uh, Tim, you were talking about uh, an attraction. You were talking about the Tower of Terror themed hotel. My idea, my, my wish, is to take something that already exists in a very loose way and expand on it. Because obviously you guys know that the monorail resorts tie in directly to the lands in the Magic Kingdom. The Grand Floridian ties into Victorian area Main Street, USA. The Polynesian ties into Adventureland. Fort Wilderness, uh, Wilderness Lodge tie into Frontierland. And the oh-so-very-modern Contemporary Resort Hotel is a direct tie to uh, Tomorrowland. I want to take that further, and I would love to have an attraction-themed hotel, meaning that the resort itself, the rooms themselves are a direct extension of those attractions. Who, other than Tim Foster, because he's chicken, he would want a chicken exit at the hotel, but who would not want to stay in a Haunted Mansion-themed room or a Haunted Mansion-themed hotel, right? Who would not want to stay in a Pirates of the Caribbean-themed room? And I don't mean like the rooms that they have at, at, at Caribbean Beach, but I mean a real like authentic looking pirate themed hotel, a futuristic room that ties into Tomorrowland. Uh, Tim, to you, to the to to your point about Epcot, an Epcot themed hotel yes. as a room as if it was in Walt Disney's Epcot Center. You can mm-hmm. take this in a million different directions. A Muppet theme, come on, man! Take advantage of the <laughs> awesome IP that you have with the Muppets. A Muppet themed room and hotel and a resort and restaurant, an Indiana Jones adventure hotel, right? Set in Egypt. Clearly, the obvious, the, the Star Wars themed hotel. Um, there are a lot of different things that you can do to tie into the land and even specific attractions. In individual rooms or individual resorts? I love it. I want to spend the night in the Aluminum Falcon. 
<laughs> so if you could pick one, gentlemen, if you could pick one attraction to have a an attraction themed room or a resort based off of, what would it be? Wow. Uh, for me, I would love. Oh gosh, I would love to spend the night in a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean room. It would be extraordinary. I picture, you know, um, I picture wonderful graphics on the ceiling going over me. Um, I picture my bed being sort of a pirate ship. Uh, I thought it would be extraordinary. Wow. Wow. You had me at Haunted Mansion. All right, you can listen to Haunted Mansion. I think think a lot of people would go right to Haunted Mansion. Well, one thing uh, we've talked about as a family here often is a similar idea having a, you know, if you have a resort that's themed to whatever, fill in the blank. Like, we had the thought of wouldn't it be neat if it were, uh, well, I guess to your point of Tomorrowland, Frontierland, Adventureland, Fantasyland's the one that's left out there. So if you had a Fantasyland hotel with a princess room, like the suite in the castle, but we all can Why not just build there. a giant castle, right? Or a castle. Build well, we Neuschwan, thinking, like, build a Neuschwanstein-looking castle and let people stay in the castle itself. Well, there you go. We were thinking also, like, you have a 100-acre theme room with Winnie the Pooh, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's, that's – I like that. That's a genius. That's a hard question to answer, though. But you know it's one that I'm going to ask the listeners I, at the end of this segment. Oh, so. I know. It's a great question, too. I'm going to ruminate on that one. That's my – While you ruminate, uh, ruminate, Daniel, do you have another? I do, indeed. Um, okay. This is my last big one, but I have more small ones if you give me the, the speed round. Um, this one is, uh, as Lou and I know, and Tim knows too, that there's been a long history – cooperatively between Apple and Disney Hmm. and Disney and Apple. And one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest moments in terms of tech progress for Disney has been, of course, uh, the magic bands. And my, I know from a source, I can't name him. Lou Marjello. I can't name him. No, it's not Lou. That Apple is probably will open a store in Disney Springs. And my dream is that Apple will make a branded magic band with an LCD screen that is not something because the, the magic bands we have now, we, we can't use um, vacation to vacation we have to give them away or throw them out and do whatever, or keep them as souvenirs. But for Apple to, to take over the job of the magic band, to have a small LCD screen, like a slightly thicker Fitbit where you can send voice memos to your family and friends. Um, you can control your fast passes, um, GPS enabled, Apple pay, open your hotel door room and most importantly, would track everything you did, including the rides you went on, when you went on them, the things you bought, and the food you ate. So that when you went home and you plugged them back into your computer, you would have a beautiful sort of printout and you would have a wonderful history of what you did in Walt Disney World. Um, and I would, I think that Apple... Magic Band and Walt Disney World 
should become closer friends so they can do this. And the last thing I'll say is this. I, as much as I love Walt Disney World, the website bugs me. It is wonky and and often Goofy says he's working on things when I'm trying to make a reservation. Um, and I would love for Apple to get in the picture. So my dream is to have this wonderful band where you simply have to talk into it to say something like change, almost Siri-esque, like Apple has Siri as a, a voice recognition service that you can say I something simple like this. I would like to change my fast pass from Space Mountain to Pirates of the Caribbean. And it would just happen. That's it. So I think that your your wish is closer to reality than you might think. Uh, not that I know anything, but we've talked about the relationship with Disney and Apple for years in the show. Um, I think the magic band that we see now is very much a first iteration of it, uh, and the technology is going to improve. I, I don't think ten years down the road. I think you know twelve months down the road, um, and certainly Apple would be. Um, a, 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 a smart strategic partner to help make that happen in terms of adding some of the additional functionality to it. So I, I like the idea and I think that it's coming in, in some form or fashion. Okay. What do you know, Manjolo? Tell me. I know, I know nothing. <laughs> Again, that's a reference to an old show from the sixties, but I know nothing, at least nothing that I'm, I'm going to say out loud. The monsters. No. What? The monsters? No, it was uh, not the monsters. Get smart. Hogan's Heroes. Go ahead. Moving on. Tim <clears throat> Foster, what is your next and or last one if you have any left? I just want to throw out, I am thrilled beyond whatever, if Apple and Disney do magical things together, that's great. I have two things to say. They can stop right when they've made a purple magic band because my life turned into a big technicolor rainbow once I got mine. So I'm, I'm happy. And then um, if uh, we're talking about partners of Apple, I'm going to talk about the Apple. And this isn't my thing. I'm just cheating. Um, Apple's relationship with the Beatles. I want the British invasion back in the English UK pavilion and get rid of that other thing that's there because I don't like that. So okay. that's all. Moving. All right. Moving on to my uh, – oh, it is my – I didn't pick a last one. Oh, oh, I got one. This is um, – I might I might cause uh, controversy with this one. I don't know. Please do. We'll see. <clears throat> I wish we could go back in time. I don't know what machinations went on. I don't know what negotiations went on. I don't know if there were any. I don't know if they were close. I don't know if it ever had a chance of transpiring. But I wish that Disney had acquired the rights to Harry Potter and Avatar went to that other park across the street. Whoa. Wow. Wow. How's that? Because I think, I mean, I, I, I confess, I admit, I've not gone to the Universal and seen Harry Potter there. And it looks wonderful. It's fantastic. But, again, in the, in the uh, spirit of Disney magic imagination, they make dreams come true. I can't begin to imagine what they could have done with that um, franchise, with, with, with that story and with those settings, with those characters, what they could have done with it. Um, and I wish it would have happened that way. 
It didn't. Don't know why. Don't know if it was ever a thing. Not sure what's going on with the blue people thing in Animal Kingdom, but uh, but yeah, I I bought obviously a huge Harry Potter fan. And I would I would have loved to have seen that come together, just like just like we had Disney and Pixar come together, and it was a beautiful thing. But, so I, I'm I'm okay with that, right? And, I, and I'm with you. And and uh, although I'm not as as much into Harry Potter as a lot of other people, I understand. You know, it for a lot of especially kids. That was their, you know, their Lou Mangiello Spider-Man. It's what they grew up with. It's the yes. stories that they fell in love with. So I'm okay with that. I, but I do question, as long oh, as no. we're going, why, does, why are they mutually exclusive? Like, why do you need to get rid of the world of Pandora, which you have not stepped foot in as yet, to make way for Avatar? Why can't, why, to make way for Harry Potter? Why can't they all just live together in one giant? We've got 47 square miles, man. A third, like, we only use like a third of it. Well, Lou, that's a very good question. To which, think have, about that. to which you have no answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, well, to me, I just, me personally, I'm not the hugest Avatar fan in the world. But, um, yeah, I, sure, they could both be there. That's fine. And, in fact, I am very excited about what uh, is coming to what, Avatar Land and and uh, the way they were doing it that that is exciting the bioluminescent force and and all that stuff that part I love but um, you know it's funny I I made them mutually exclusive because I thought about this for a long time and I just had it in my head at the time it was this franchise or this franchise and I wish they'd pick that one instead of that one I never thought it would just buy everything so why not sure go for it. <laughs> We're buying. We got uh, Star Wars here, Marvel there, Harry Potter here, Avatar there. What's left? <laughs> Magilla Gorilla. If they buy Magilla Gorilla, Gorilla, that's the could... last piece. That's the last piece of the puzzle from my childhood that they need. Bugs Bunny. Well, no. no, no. Hey guys, I have one last one. Do I? Leave? Oh, he's trumping Lou. Oh, I, I did look. He just he just leaped. Did you see me. that? I didn't even get my last turn. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait for yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it epic? No, like, I'm, I'm I'm emboldened now. I'm going to do that next time. Emboldened. Look at you guys. Yeah. I have to come. I have to literally oh look up yes. the SATs I'm and find trying to word. keep up. Just I'm sorry, guys. That's I, okay. What? Is it? Is it? Is it? Drop the mic, epic. Uh, I want you to go first, so it can be. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if he steals yours, it's just going to be. Uh, all right. So my my last. I I do have one tiny little honorable mention, which almost doesn't even bear mentioning if not necessary but the last one that i have is uh maybe sort of an extension of things that i have talked about before you know what look the idea of disneyland and walt disney world and the disney theme, the disney theme parks is to is walt wanted us to no longer just have to enjoy the worlds on film or on tv he wanted us to be participants in this performance, in this world that was taking place in three dimensions. And we are doing that a lot more inside attractions. We're doing that more with additional experiences, whether it's something as simple as Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique or Pirates League or Wild Africa Trek. We're starting to do things that bring us more into these experiences. We're not just sort of walking around and sitting through an attraction. We are, we're, we're, becoming actual performers and participants what i would love to possibly see 
is to take that a step further, excuse me, even beyond and separate from a theme park experience, I'd love to see a longer version of a almost role-based themed play adventure. And what I mean by that is this, something where you would participate in a themed adventure that wouldn't last 30 seconds, two minutes, four minutes. It would last you all day long. So you would start in the morning and participate in whatever type of adventure it was that you had chosen. Now, look, you can take it into the Pixar realm and you can become one of the heroes in the world of the Incredibles and fight crime and do all kinds of things like that. It could be pirates based. It could be Indiana Jones based, right? You go into this world or this land or this or this this story where you are in you know Cairo in the 1930s and you are an archaeologist alongside Indiana Jones uh you could be you know animal kingdom you could be like a paleontologist for the day what about if you went to discovery island right they clean up discovery island and you are a participant in a day long mystery type adventure obviously all these things would have a very well themed restaurant around it of course but mm-hmm. it would be an add on experience where it would not just be a single attraction, but it would be a story that you would be a participant. You know, think about some of these, uh, you know, murder mystery dinner theaters or shows that you are a participant in. That's that same kind of experience, but adding it to a Disney. So it could be based off a Disney property. It could be based off a general theme. Like I said, you know, Pirates or Indiana Jones or whatever it may be, or even just a cool sort of day-long mystery adventure on Discovery Island. I did not articulate that idea well, but it looks really cool in my head. I have no idea what you were talking about. No, it sounds great. Can I, can I, can my Star Wars day uh, end with me, uh, uh, me and Carrie Fisher swinging across the chasm? No. No? I was going to say you could do like Star Wars, like have a laser tag thing, but you would win every time because the stormtroopers can't hit anything. Well, yeah. Wait, Lou, is this like a VR thing? No, it's real world. Like you literally at the beginning of the day, just like Wild Africa Trek, when you start that experience, you are made to feel, and the story goes that you have left Disney's Animal Kingdom and you are on a safari in Africa. Take that same concept, but bring it into other stories outside the park and not an experience that lasts two, three, four hours, but lasts half a day or a full day. Wow. Wow. I hope that there's one person listening who goes, Lou, man, I get it. I see Lou, what you're trying to do here. Amazing, I'm just stunned in silence. It was such Whatever. an amazing idea. Uh, is it my turn yet? <laughs> wow. Remember that time Daniel was on the show? Go ahead. Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? All right. This is, this is uh, I think that's great. I would. No, you, no, you don't. You, you don't Could think it's great. Could adults do it too or no? Can what? Could adults do that Of too? course adults could do it too. It's for kids and adults. It's. Disney. Oh, whatever. All right. I'm taking my right. ball and going home. <laughs> this is like you and me backwards. It's great. I love it. Go ahead. Never mind. My idea is... under... Does anybody understand me? You're insane. Yes, we get it, Lou. It's what... Yay, Lou. Shut great up. idea. I love it. I love it. No, you don't. Okay. I do it's love like, it. I, I like don't know you would, but it's pie in the sky, but I don't like like how would you employ all the people to be in your scenario? Like it's, <sighs> oh, now we're going to start asking questions. <laughs> no, we're not. How would I employ all the people? Disney employs 70,000 people in Walt Disney World alone. I'm sure they could figure it out. Just go ahead, Daniel Roberts. Right. 
Sorry, Lou. Um, anyway, my idea is there's a big elephant in the room, Whoa. and it's not Dumbo. And the elephant, I didn't actually didn't even write that down. This is a bad joke. Um, the idea is this: that I would love a ride in the Magic Kingdom based upon the monorail. And the ride is because most people. Ride <laughs> is the monorail. All right. All of a sudden, my idea doesn't, doesn't sound so stupid anymore. <laughs> I'm so happy I went first. Hey, let him get to his idea. I think he's on to something. It's a monorail roller coaster. Whoa. And it, the, the idea is this, that Goofy has gotten a job as a monorail conductor in order to buy Mickey Mouse a birthday gift. But he's Goofy, so doesn't know really how to use the... Controls, and the monorail is an extraordinary roller coaster in sort of like a mini monorail system in like a space mountain esque dome, and you're in for the ride of your life. And with the intervention of Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, and Pluto, they finally teach or tell. Uh, goofy how to sort of write the ride. But it's an extraordinary ride. And here's what I'm thinking. You guys there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hang okay. <laughs> You're hanging. You're hanging. Literally. Um, yes. Here's what I'm thinking that uh, for a lot of kids, including me, um, that the first introduction to, to Walt Disney World is the monorail and you're like, wow, this is so cool. But to have an a, uh, interpretation of it as a sort of a modest roller coaster um, would be very cool. And I think there would be a cool story behind it. And I would like to sort of, because I think the, the, the monorail, I've had debates with friends about whether it's a ride or, or, an, or an attraction. I think it's both. I want to make it a ride. So you know what I love most about this idea is the family that goes to Disney World for the first time and the mom is just trying to get her tired kids back to the hotel and she gets on the monorail ride instead of the real monorail. That's going to be awesome. Uh, just tell me that. Is it going upside down? Yeah. I'm out. Goofies and chocolate all over the place. Corkscrews and everything. Oh, oh, the horror on their faces. I want to see the on-ride cams when mom thinks <laughs> she's just trying to get little Timmy back to the hotel, lest she... Yeah. Scarred for life. Zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds <laughs> through the tunnel Smart. of flames. And No, it's a oh. great idea. I love it. It's good. <laughs> no, the best part is I've, I've the chicken version of the ride is right outside the main gates and I can get on it anytime I want. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can go on the regular See? monorail. It's, right, it's yeah. the green, that's the green version. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right, Tim, do you have any last ones or honorable mentions or, or you know? <laughs> uh, just a ridiculous out of the question pie in the sky notion. If we put the dome over the whole place and turn the place down so it's like 72 degrees all year long, that's all. <laughs> that that's is all. the smartest idea you have ever had. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> if, they, if they could make Please. anything happen, that's the one it should be. And turn the pay whatever heaters are under the Animal Kingdom <laughs> pavement, turn those down because it's too hot. In there. The dome keeping it 71 degrees all year long. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd pay big for that. Yeah. So, um, I have, with, I have one tiny little last one. It's not even that pie in the sky because I think it's still somewhat doable because it was somewhat doable in the past. I would love to see, uh, you know, we talk all the time about adding additional pavilions to World Showcase and, and this sort of permanent World's Fair that hasn't seen a new addition. And we've talked about our ideas for other uh, countries or continents that we would love to see added in there. But in a much smaller version, while we're waiting for those to happen, if they ever do, what about creating sort of a smaller World Bazaar, and I say bazaar as in B-A-Z-A-A-R, not B-I-Z-A-R-E. Go take the old Millennium Village, for example, and like they did for the Millennium, turn it into a, pavil- a, a large show place that has smaller versions of the nations and obviously foods from around the world, be it almost a, a an enclosed, dare you say, Tim, domed, mm. air-conditioned world <laughs> bazaar people can walk through, experience some of the people and the culture and the food and the artistry from some other nations, and it can rotate relatively often, unlike, you know, you build a pavilion world showcase, it's there forever. These can sort of change out every one year, two years, however many years, uh, have different countries come in and out, but I think it's another way to expose people to some other uh, cultures and locations from around the world that we might not be able to get to visit and give me a chance to sample more flavors more food, from around the yeah, right, okay. from around the I listen I it, I nothing else that I said involved food so I had to end off on a high uh, I think pretty much everything you said involved well, food well listen so anything else No wait I, mean? I said shawarma that's right You did say shawarma Yeah so, so. No um, I oh, I love that Millennium Village that was uh that was one of my uh greatest Oh, well, there's so many, but one of my favorite daddy-daughter memories was that year when we walked around. That's the year she got her Epcot passport book, and we walked all the way around. And going back to my last point, it was 110 degrees, and it was stinking hot. But we're halfway around, and we're exhausted. I asked her, what does she want to do? She said, I want to finish. I need to go all the way around the countries. And the passion and the, the, the excitement in her face was Oh, I'll never forget it. And we went into Millennium Village, and I, I remember that whole thing for that reason because we went around collecting all the stamps, and oh, I love that idea. I love it. Love that idea. There you go. There you go. Any, any, uh, any last thoughts, uh, honorable mentions, quick little? Um, yes. I would love India, Australia, Egypt, and Ireland to add to the World Showcase. You would get, well, okay. no argument, get or no argument from me. <laughs> and I would also love there's a place in New York called Italy, Ooh. which is hey now. a sort oh, of no. a it's called Italy, E-A-T-L-E-Y, I think. But it's like this world class um gourmet food court that oh. has a like a wonderful little bit of every part of Italy. Um and it's incredibly successful and popular and remarkably tasty. And my crazy idea was this, that in the middle of Bay Lake, um, is that Epcot? Yeah. Um, to have a flotilla of, uh, it's almost like food and wine, uh, we all the time. To have an incredible high-end food 
uh, court with beers and wines and, and drinks and that you'd have whatever traditional um, watercrafts from various from the various countries taking you over to the island to you buy a gift certificate for two things or three things or five appetizers and you just spend your time there in the middle. Does this island flip over for the illuminations? <laughs> yes, but it's but it gives you two honking horns of warning. <laughs> Wouldn't it be just easier and less exhausting if you had one of those big chairs like in Wally <laughs> and, and you just sat on the chair and the food came to you? You know, you know, when you said that, it's funny because I escaped mine, but I did have that thought, and I was talking about the monorail TTA all the way through that we just become Wally people riding all the way through, and which isn't probably a good thing. So, see, in my in my uh, the attraction themed hotel, you mm-hmm. can make a giant axiom and just mm-hmm. give us all those giant chairs that would float around and take us to the pool and bring us food and have umbrellas on them and. No splashing. <laughs> All right, so I think this was a very interesting yet sometimes confusing <laughs> look into the minds of and the imaginations of us as Disney fans. And I am sure you, my friend, the listener, have an idea, have a wish, have a dream of your own, something that you have always wanted to see or experience in Walt Disney World I, we, would love to know what that is. There are many different ways that you can share it with us. One, you can tweet it to me, at Lou Mangiello, but better yet, you can go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, you can leave a comment there, and we'll keep the conversation going. Or, better yet, in the alternative, call 407-900-9391 and leave a voicemail. I want to hear it. I want to hear I want to hear the 7-year-old in you come out as you talk excitedly. Insert SAT word here about how excited you are about this dream or wish that you could make come true here at Walt Disney World. And then, and only then, when you have come down off your adrenaline, sugar, funnel cake high, go to (laughs) celebrationspress.com and subscribe and order all the back issues that you can to Celebrations Magazine. Awesome. Well, guys, listen, this is always a lot of fun. Daniel, in all sincerity, uh, thank you so much, brother, for for what you do, for, for... the fun and the laughs and the friendship on the show and your incredible uh, generosity to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you, the listener, want to find out about more about what we do and why we do it and how you can participate, visit dreamteamproject.org. Guys, thank you so much. Let us definitely do this again very, very soon. Time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week. I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So we were talking about Pop Century and the Lost Classic Years Resort. And obviously, Pop Century currently celebrates the decades from the 50s through the 90s. And each building has a lot of iconic references to those decades. And your question was to tell me what characters from Disney films 
could be found in statue form in the Classic Years buildings over at Pop Century. Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct. Uh, the characters that we were looking for included Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story, Mrs. Potato Head from Toy Story 2, Lady and Tramp from Lady and the Tramp, Baloo, Mowgli, and Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. To be honest, if you had one or two and didn't get them all, that's okay. I still considered your answer to be correct because I want more people to win than not. So I took all of the correct entries and randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for at Walt Disney World book. All seven of my virtual audio tours of the park a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and WW Radio stickers. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Anna Gutierrez. So, Anna, congratulations. Send me your mailing information. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. From the smell of cookies on Main Street USA to oranges and Soren, I'm sure you've noticed and can smell so many different scents found throughout the resort to enhance your experience. And that's done through a technology and devices that Disney uses called smellitzers that actually pump those scents into the parks and attractions. So your question this week is to tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find the smell of fresh, warm apple pie? It's that simple. You have until Sunday, May 15th at 11.59 p.m. to enter this week's contest. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast number 446, and use the contest entry form right there. Or email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely appreciate it as I know you, your time is your most valuable commodity and I'm grateful that you choose to spend and share some of it with me. I also want to say thanks to some new members of the WW Radio Nation, including Bobby Hoye, Mickey Melillo, Charlotte Cornell, Jeff Stewart, Justin and Trent Thompson. I very much appreciate the friendship and the support you have shown me and the show. And if you want to help out the show and get exclusive monthly rewards, including scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts, and monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, please visit www.radio.com support. And in addition to the podcast, I would love it if you could join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the past seven years or so. I've been doing a live video broadcast and chat either from the home studio or sometimes from Walt Disney World. You can find it, watch and chat at facebook.com slash If you follow me there, turn on notifications. You'll get notified every time I go live. Again, it's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Also visit www.radio.com. Check out the blog, the videos, and subscribe to our free email newsletter there as well. If you have a question you want answered on the show, email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. And of course, you know, as much as I love connecting with you online, and I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that is why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World and on the road. 
If you visit www.radio.com and click on the events link in the top of the screen or go to facebook.com slash then go to my events tab there. You can find out about upcoming meets both in Walt Disney World and on the road. The next one is actually going to be in Disneyland. That's going to be Wednesday, May 18th at 6.30 p.m. We're going to grab a chimichanga, meet up at Rancho de Zocalo. The following week, Sunday, May 29th, I'll be in Minnesota as I'll be keynoting the TBEX Travel Bloggers Exchange Conference. We're going to meet over at the Mall of America. I'll have some details coming up very, very soon. I'll then be at the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet on the road in Chicago, our e-ticket adventure from New York to Puerto Rico, and our cruise in 2017 with a double dip in Castaway Key. Again, visit the events page for more information and details. And if I can come to maybe speak to your conference or your school or your kid's school or come consult to your business, you can visit lumangelo.com for more information. And if you are coming to any of these events or any Disney destination or really anywhere in the world, Please visit our friends over at mousefantravel.com. They are my official recommended travel provider because it's who I have used and recommended for more than 10 years. Again, visit them at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word and let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening with a link to this week's show. Better yet, share it with your friends over on Facebook. And please, take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall in iTunes, so please keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Shoulda, with like seven H's at the end, Travelbug1984, Stude0912, Frank C 37 Dan, 8302, and Lisa Reck. I sincerely appreciate you guys doing that and all the kind words you had about me and the show. Visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions or to search for WW Radio in iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, I want to thank you, my friend, for allowing me to do what I do and sharing this time with me. I am incredibly and eternally grateful to you and for you. And I want you to take that first step in whatever direction it is that you are trying to get to, to get from where you are to where you want to be. Take a step because once you bravely overcome that one small fear, right, that's going to give you the courage to take the next and the next. So I challenge you to challenge yourself to take a step today and one every additional day. And next thing you know, you will be where you want to be. Thank you all so very much. I hope you have an absolutely amazing week this week. Thank you again. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. It's Lauren Winnick-Kaplan from Hillsborough, New Jersey. Uh, first and foremost, I'm calling to tell you that a couple weeks ago, I was on Facebook and caught my very first WDW Live and uh, was in the box, was very excited and I could not believe you made my day that you recognized my name in the chat and you called me out and you remembered exactly where we met four years ago in Animal Kingdom. And it really just made my day. I shouldn't be surprised because you're Lou Mangiello and you're awesome. Uh, but I've been a little busy this year. Otherwise, I would have caught more. Uh, I just celebrated my son's first birthday. And I'm calling because I wanted to shout out to my good friend, Lisa, who I've since turned on to the show, and I'm very excited because she's expecting her first this coming fall, 
And uh, she and I met you, uh, well, I met you again, at uh, the 2013 Princess Half Marathon. She got me into it, and I'm really looking forward to running that race again with her in the future and bringing our families along. So, Lisa, congratulations. And, Lou, thanks, as always, for everything that you do. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Mark SF in San Francisco. Uh, Best lobbies? Uh, simplistic and an unusual one. Uh, after years and years of camping at Fort Wilderness, we finally decided to stay at a moderate hotel years ago, and we picked the Caribbean beach. And when we walked into the lobby, it was so unlike camping. We felt like we were down island and right at home somewhere in the Caribbean or the Bahamas, all of the above. And we had a great time and have been enjoying the hotels all over the resort ever since. Great show. Always love the different and fresh angles. Keep up the great work. Be there in June. See you later. I'm listening to one of your podcasts, and you just mentioned the Catwalk Bar. Um, I wanted to mention that the Catwalk Bar is still up there. They still have the neon sign that says Catwalk Bar, and the bar itself is still up there. So, very cool. Good morning, Lou Mangiello. It's Charlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and we have 185 days until we have our e-ticket adventure. Wow! 185. That is awesome. I am almost to 140 days until my daughter's wedding, and I am now 109 days out until my WGW. Walt Disney World trip with my family. The kids do not know yet. We aren't sure when we're telling them, maybe for their birthdays, that they're going down to Walt Disney World this summer. Uh, 109 days to see their little faces in the excitement of meeting a character and going on all the new rides, and it's just going to be amazing. Cannot wait. So much excitement. Always stay positive, and thank you so much, Lou, for all you do. Have a great week. Hello, Lou. This is Michael Brock from Kernersville, North Carolina. Um, just finished watching, or sorry, listening to your show, Top Ten Lobbies at uh, Walt Disney World Resorts, and really enjoyed it. Um, my favorite and my family's favorite lobby would be that of the Wilderness Lodge. Um, and why? Because uh, we have uh, lots of fond memories from staying there. We purchased uh, DVC membership at Wilderness Lodge Villas uh, some years ago and had the opportunity to make uh, several trips uh, while our children were growing up over the years. And... Uh, look back on it with uh, lots of fond memories again and again. Keep up the great work and uh, look forward to more of your shows in the future. Have a great day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah! You've just won the heart of the princess. What are you going to do next? I'm out of here!